you know, on the last hole, I saw one of the the announcers. Uh, you know, he was telling me that he was trying to coach me along, kind of right, and uh, and, and I knew I was in a good position, and I I didn't really know that I was tied for the lead. So I said to my caddy, I'm like, "What is this? The tie?" He's like, "No, this is the win." <laughs> and I was You're like, like oh. "Oh no!" Well, not "Oh no," you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, "But, but I was like, wow, I was like a little startled, you know." Welcome back to Any Given Monday. This guest is one of my favorites. Super excited about it because he's avoided being a guest for a long time. He explains why at the end uh, of the pod. But also, I always get asked, who is the player that has played the most Monday qualifiers? And Brad Adamonis is always my answer. And um, he's just a legendary grinder. The guy has played everywhere, anytime he tells us about the craziest mini tour event he's played in, uh, tells a great story about just a couple of weeks ago winning the senior Connecticut open and being the third alternate and driving there and waiting for six hours. I mean, Brad has seen and done it all, uh, been out of money multiple times, tells a great story about meeting uh, somebody at his, at his kids uh, little league game that helped him backed him financially for a while to keep him going how he's made it work, uh, made it to the PGA Tour, talks about his dad. Uh, it's a really great interview and one that I've I've wanted to do for a long time because uh, Brad is just a legendary grinder. There's not many out there. He's lost status, uh, full-time status, I think, 12 years ago. And since then, has just played anywhere and everywhere. Um, so it's a really great interview. Before we get into it, Golf Tech, as always, my Golf Tech hat on, Golf Tech logo. If you're watching on YouTube, they've been super helpful to me. We have a series coming up, Monday Q versus Monday Q. They have an August sale going on, 20% off lessons packages. Say it every time on this. Before you spend money on new clubs and new bags and new balls, spend money on lessons. And then those new clubs and new bags uh, and new new balls are put to use correctly. Golftech.com, 20% off right now. Uh, so without further ado, here is Brad Adamonis. Brad, how are you? I'm doing great, Ryan. How are you? Good. Um, okay. And where in the world is Brad Adamonis is a game I play by myself. So where in the world is Brad Adamonis today? Uh, right now I'm at home. I live in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Uh, just got a couple days off before I go back on the grind. I'm heading up to your neck of the woods in Michigan to try to qualify for the, uh, ally tournament at, um, in Flint, Michigan. So for the senior tour, I'm 50 now. So I'm a rookie. Yeah. Rookie again. The, the world of golf has come full circle. All right, Brad, we're going to get into your career, but let's just start out with a question I've asked you before privately on the course, but how many Monday qualifiers have you played in in your life? Roughly, just I mean, obviously, I know you uh, haven't counted, but yeah, all tours. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's probably at least three hundred and fifty. I would say. <laughs> I mean, that's unreal. That's amazing. I'm not sure because some years, you know, I didn't have to qualify, so that was great. Of course. Yeah. Uh, there was quite a few of those, but then the other years, you know, I was 
trying to, you know, sleeping in my car, getting in a qualifier and, you know, begging someone to stay at a house or whatever it was, you know. So, uh, yeah, quite a few uh, qualifiers. Brett, before we get into like the details of how it works and all those kind of things, I, yeah. I want to know if you remember or, or if I remember correctly. It was during COVID, and I believe yeah. there was a, a pre-qualifier for a PGA Tour event on a Thursday, and you missed. And then you went to, I think there was a Latin American event in Florida being played, and you played a qualifier on Friday. And then you played a Corn Ferry event or Monday qualifier that Monday. So I believe it was three states, three different tours, three essentially Monday qualifiers. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think that was the case. I think it was two, but okay, it very well could have been. <laughs> I think that, It's hard uh, to remember. When you've I played 350. I, what's that? When you've played 350, it's hard to remember. I understand. Yeah, I think you might be right, though, because I think I have definitely did a qualifier in Dallas one day. Mm-hmm. That was for the Byron Nelson. And then the next day, I think I played in the corn. That was on a Sunday. And the next one was on a Monday, which was in Georgia. So I did that. Yeah. I mean, and, amazing. Yeah. And I think I played pretty good. I think I shot a 65 and missed it. And then pretty close on the other one. I don't know, 68 or something. But those All right, Brad, you, are difficult. You've played uh, professionally for 27 years. Um, again, like you said, you're a rookie now. I know this is a huge question. You've had success. We'll talk about that. You've yeah. been to the PGA Tour, been in a playoff to win a PGA Tour event. What keeps you going since you've lost status, Brad? I mean, most people looking from the outside would be like, go get a teaching job or whatever. Uh, what What keeps you going? I just love the game. You know, I like competing and I like the travel and, uh, you know, I just – you know, I just want to be a better golfer. You know, it's been a long journey to try, you know, since I was pretty much eight years old trying to get better at golf. It's kind of a crazy thing to do, but uh, that's kind of what I like to do. And, uh, you know, I always try to get better and and win some tournaments and, uh, you know, chase the dream and just like everybody else and uh, just love golf a lot. Has there any Throughout your career, Brad, has there been any times I I, I know, talk to enough pro golfers? I'm not talking about when you shoot 75 and come off and are like, I'm going to quit, like that's it. I'm talking about like a serious conversation or with yourself, family, yeah. whatever. Has there any been any real times, or is this just who you are? This is what you do. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about you know what am I going to do a couple times? Definitely, probably you know a good hundred times or so. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I just love playing golf. And I knew that I would probably do something with golf, either, you know, teaching or, uh, you know, playing golf or, or, you know, something to that extent. So, so yeah, for sure, I definitely said I'm going to quit, you know, after you shoot. I remember one time I was leading the Mass Open, Massachusetts Open, uh, and, and a good friend of mine came up and watched me play. And it was a real tough day, windy. And I think I shot like a 79 and I was really discouraged. And he's like, well, Brad, he goes, it's not going to be the last time you shoot 79. And I thought <laughs> to myself, well, yeah, there's no way I'm going to shoot 79 ever again, but he was right. So I mean, right. you're gonna shoot the, game, 
the game is going to take in a lot of different directions. You know, the euphoria of shooting the great scores, getting into a tournament, playing well, maybe winning a tournament. And then the days when you think you're going to go out there and play well and you you uh, shoot a poor score, you know, it's a tough game. You know, it teaches you to be patient uh, and a lot of other things in life, you know, you know, you got to you got to work hard and, and uh, your time will come, you know. Do you still love the game as much as you did, Brad? More, less? What? I mean, when you tee it up, and we'll talk about the Connecticut Open, the Senior Connecticut Open, because it's a, a great, quite Brad Adamona story. Do you still love it as much as as you did when you were a kid or when you first turned professional? I think I do now, yeah, a lot because uh, my son's starting to play and he's getting pretty good at the game, and uh, I enjoy spending my time with him. Uh, on the course, you know, my daughter, she doesn't play, she plays softball, but I kind of wish she would play, you know, she was playing a little bit at one time, but I think that component of him coming into the game has really brought me back into the game for the love, you know, and also being 50 years old and realizing, you know, I'm not playing against 22, 25, you know, 30 year olds that are a little stronger and, you know, uh, they hit the ball really far, you know, uh, so now, you know, I got a better opportunity of playing and making a living and, and you know, maybe winning a tournament or two. And uh, so being 50 and having, you know, I'm at a different, you know, playing on being able to try to compete on the senior tour and then also having uh, my son play golf uh, is really it's been very fun for me. So I, I enjoy it probably more than ever. Let's talk about the senior open in Connecticut. I mean, this sums up to me. This is why I'm a huge Brad Adamonis <laughs> fan. Brad Adamonis was the first alternate at the Senior Connecticut Open and went in the rain. I've read it was a horrible rainstorm. That's correct. And waited six hours in order to see if someone withdrew. Someone withdraws, and you yeah. win a $4,000 uh, first place check. I mean, well, I actually, you know what? It was, I didn't know about the tournament, and it's a really uh, big tournament in New England. And and, uh, I just turned 50, you know, and I actually live in Florida now. So um, I heard about it. I looked on the website. I'm like, dang, there's 28 guys on the alternate list. And I'm like, well, I go, if I, if I can just can, you know, ask the guy if I can get on the alternates list, you know, I figured then I can show up. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, I asked the gentleman I knew I played in the Travelers qualifier. And he says, yeah, I'll put you on the list. You know, I go, well, I'm probably just going to show up. And if I can get in, I can get in, you know. So uh, my son was playing some junior tournaments. And uh, so I went up there, drove. It was pouring out. I was like, this is perfect. No one's going to wait. No one's going to wait. And someone's going to withdraw. Well, I was actually like the 30th alternate. <laughs> so I get there and it's like, I get up pretty early, like 5 o'clock or something. And I get there and uh, I go up to the guy and it's pouring out. I'm like, this, you know, I thought that was good. But I, the first thing I wanted to ask him was how many alternates are there? Yeah. He said there's two there. And I was like, oh, man, I'm doomed. He's right. like, don't worry about it. You're going to get in. <laughs> so I waited around and two guys didn't show up. And then I waited till like 1 o'clock and I got into the tournament. And then eventually I won the tournament. So that was a, that was a great way to – kind of a big surprise, you know. So – Brad. I mean, financially, how to? I mean, four thousand dollars in the golf world just yeah. doesn't go very far. I mean, yeah. you can burn that in a 
you Monday qualify into a corn ferry event and $4,000 is gone pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, how have you made it? I mean, what do you do? It, like, how do you make this work? Well, I've had to scramble around, you know, I, I teach a little bit on the side. That's one thing. You know, I've had different golf jobs. Uh, but more, more than anything, I would say the people that I've met through the game of golf, through my brother, Dave, who runs a junior golf organization, he, he has actually had some guys that have talked about me because I was a pro and, and uh, they've offered some financial assistance. Uh, so I, I, along the way, you know, and then when I played some on the corn ferry tour, they would have private housing, you know, so I would always stay in private housing. And uh, so I met a lot of great people that were successful people that loved the game of golf, that she had the same passion. And, and luckily along the way, I never, I never would be able to play this game uh, without the people and the help of, you know, say, uh, of people opening their door and letting me stay with them, number one. Me being a very shrewd traveler, learning how to get around really, you know, minimally, you know, figuring out a way to get on flights that normally cost 400 you know, using miles or whatever it would be. And then the very generous people that have backed me and sponsored me, uh, I've been very lucky and fortunate to have some great backers. Um and, and without really their help, I tell them I wouldn't be playing golf. You know, I'd probably be teaching golf. So just the connections and, and the people that I've met uh, through the game, that's really kind of kept my doors open. You know, like a couple of years ago, I was pretty much at the end. And uh, I met a gentleman, uh, you know, at my son's uh, baseball game. And he ended up sponsoring me for a while, but I've had a lot of different people along the way sponsor me uh, that have made my life a lot easier, you know, to be able to chase my dream, even though I've definitely had some success, but along the way, you know, there's been a lot of heartache too. So it's, it's not an easy road. I'll say that, but it is, uh, it's been quite the adventurous one and fun, fun way to try to make a living. Real quick in the middle of this interview, want to talk about swag golf awesome club covers, awesome putter covers, but also awesome putters. Uh, some people don't know about those. And so Nick Hardy, PJ Tour winner, uses them. Rian Gibson, Corn Ferry Tour, Anna Norquist, LPGA uh, Tour winner, all use swag putters. Um, awesome. Nick is one of my favorite people, as you know. I've um, uh, been on this podcast multiple times. Great dude. They switch out his bag every six weeks. Uh, just finished 52nd on the FedEx Cup points. Um, one of my favorite dudes and awesome uh, ambassador for Swag Golf. So uh, I carry the Uncle Sam club cover, the Macho Man Randy Savage putter cover. Pretty fired up about it. I love them. Thanks. Swag.golf. Go check them out. Their putters and their covers. And now back to Brad. Brad, do you remember? I want to talk about the highest points in your career and, and your career on the PGA Tour and those kind of things, but do you remember the lowest point along your career? Do you have one that you point to that is like, man, yeah. I, was in a, I was in a bad spot? Uh, yeah, probably when I first started playing golf, you know, I didn't, I had, I had, a, um, my brother set me up with a guy that sponsored me a little bit, you know, but then for a while there, I was on my own, you know, and, and I, I did all right, you know, I played, I won some, you know, uh, mini tour events, but Basically, I ran up some credit card debt and, um, you know, I was in, you know, I probably had like about 
25,000 in credit card debt. Luckily it never went past that, you know, and I didn't really have, uh, you know, uh, anybody backing me really. But also I, I, I fail to forget, uh, mention I've had great parents too that support, you know, help me along the way. I didn't mention them, but without their help and without them, you know, letting me stay with them as, as a 24 to 32 year old person. All right. That should be having a job. I, I basically live with my parents, you know, so, and, and then my brother or whoever. So it's, you know, just, you know, I, I had my own place quite a few times also, but without their support also, that was a big benefit. My brother, Dave, who runs the challenge cup, he's been a great uh, help to me and also my parents, you know, that, but um, yeah, just, you know, when I was in the mini tours, uh, I think I was like probably like 27 years old and, and you know, I was, my, my, my parents had just moved down to Florida and, and uh, my father was a coach at Johnson and Wales. He was a retired school teacher, but he was a really, uh, crafty guy he 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 did a lot of different things for the game of golf he started the u.s challenge cup junior golf foundation now it's going on like the 34th year or something my brother dave runs it but that created opportunities for kids in new england to play golf get into better schools and now you know you know some of the best players in the country are coming out of that program ben james first team all-american michael thorpe johnson patrick welch also played at oklahoma he's playing well on the corn ferry tour he just got out of college but some of these guys, I mean, yeah, they would have probably been great golfers, but uh, who knows without, you know, events to play in, in that area, you know, mm-hmm. would they be the same play they are now? I don't know, you know, probably because they're great players. But it's not that just them. It's, you know, the hundreds of other kids that are going into good universities, getting to better schools. Uh, so that program really uh, – was a great program but getting back to the subject i apologize no that's okay i love all this yeah yeah is uh you know my dad was my mom would have been great supporters of mine i just you know really wasn't playing that well they said to me you know i was gonna play on the hooters tour and uh they said to me like listen we're gonna help you out here because you don't have any money you know a little bit you know like they paid for the first like three tournaments which was sure. like about. Well, 1800 bucks right mm-hmm. they said but you know you, you know you're like 27 <laughs> or whatever you are you know you might want to think about starting to get a job and i was like that was kind of an eye opener so <laughs> yeah. you know sure enough i went on and played on the hooters tour and i think i missed the first five cuts but it mm-hmm. was 20 weeks long right yeah and i just always uh try to have a great attitude about you know trying to get better you know i always want to be a better golfer you know obviously you got to practice you got to get good instruction there's a lot that goes into it so i just try to keep a good attitude and then eventually i had some really good tournaments i didn't have a great finish on the money list but i think i might add like three top tens or something almost won a tournament uh i was gonna win a tournament it was a rain delay and it looked like the previous week they canceled it's pouring out I had the three round lead and then uh, I ended up losing uh, Zach, Zach Johnson was playing and Mark Wilson guys that won on the tour. And uh, uh, I ended up coming in third, I believe because we ended up playing. I hit the ball in the water and then, you know, I just, I thought the turn was, Oh, my friend and I were celebrating in the car. And then the next thing you know, in like two hours, the guy's like, no, we're going back out there. And I'm like, Oh my God, I wasn't prepared for that. Cause I thought yeah. it was over. 
Right. But anyway, they, they pretty much said to me, you know, you know, as a 27 year old, you know, we really just can't help you out anymore after this. You know, you kind of, you know, if it doesn't go well, then you're probably going to have to get a job. So that summer, you know, I really worked hard on my game, you know, played in all the tournaments and then I went to Q school. And then uh, I remember on the last hole, I three putted, it was in California. And uh, so I thought I had missed the cut and I was, you know, pretty upset. I called my brother. I can't believe I just choked. And then I ended up making it by a stroke. Thank God. And then uh, the next one was similar thing where I, uh, I played pretty well in Texas and I thought I was uh, right on the cut line. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to make it, but we played this brutally tough course called the die uh, somewhere in Dallas stone stone bridge. That's where they had the NCAA championship long mm-hmm. ago, but brutally tough angles with water everywhere and uh, windy conditions. And I may, I ended up making it. And then I got on the corn ferry tour and then kind of from there, once I, I got on the corn ferry tour, that kind of helped me get going and solidify my career as playing golf. Not that I was successful, but now that I uh, could make some money and support myself, you know, that it just made my life, you know, it made me keep playing. And, and from there, just, you know, I started getting better and better. And luckily, you know, I didn't have a great career, but somehow I grinded through and you know, hopefully now I can get on the senior tour. That's my goal. Let's talk a little bit about your dad. You mentioned him. Uh, I read an article this morning about him following you. I believe it was at the players as yep. he was as he was uh, terminal had terminal cancer. I assume he's why you play golf, Brad. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, if what you know, my basically my dad was you know he he started he was always a golfer my grandfather so they were big into hockey so i really grew up playing hockey first you know because we had we had some cement in the backyard so during the winter we would actually freeze it over and i just remember skating back there and and you know falling down and hurting my knees and you know getting banged around a little but that's you know that was my first love hockey but then you know uh he played golf every weekend, so I started going out with him and my grandfather. And, uh, you know, that's that's basically – he taught me how to play golf, my grandfather also. And we just developed a love of playing golf together. And then my parents both worked in the summer, and I had a pivotal decision. Eight When I was an eight-year-old – excuse me, eight-year-old, I either had to go to a day camp, which, you know, they played football, baseball, and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And uh, – my brother was going out with uh, his friend, Chris Hume, uh, to this Chamawa country club. And, uh, so they, they played golf every day. It was a nine hole course that, you know, had like a special deal for kids, like a hundred bucks back then. And, uh, so he played golf every day. So the first day I go to the camp, it was brutal. It was nothing (laughs) to do. I had to throw rocks in the stream and I'm like, this place is terrible. I'm not, I, 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 so I went home. And all I did was beg to my mom, you got to get me out of this place. And I think she might have already paid. I don't even know. Right. You know, I said, please, I want to go with Dave, you know. Yeah. So I ended up playing golf every day. And then, yeah. you know, we just played golf. We get dropped yeah. off at 8 o'clock in the morning, 730. Yeah. And then Mrs. Hume would drop us off. And then uh, my mom would pick us up at like 630 at night. And we'd play golf all day for the mm-hmm. summer. And that's kind of where I started developing love of golf when we played every day that summer. 
then you just want to play all the time because you get better and then you want to compete against other kids and that's where it all started really and then you know on the weekends i'd play golf with my dad and uh, my grandfather sometimes and uh that's where it all began my dad and my grandfather and you know my brother dave when you look back at all the help your parents did for you before your dad passed away brad to have him see you at the top of the golf world and playing on the pga tour keeping your card for a year playing at the players i assume knowing that he was going to die soon i assume that has to be immensely rewarding i mean you lived in his house for literally 30 years why he helped you (laughs) you you know get there Oh yeah. It was like, it was pretty cool. You know, he got the, you know, I went to a lot of tournaments. He even caddied for some of the tournaments on the corn ferry. Uh, we had some great times together. So, you know, for, for him and I, and you know, my mom to get to that and, you know, really my whole family and then all the other people that sponsored me and just not me. It was just a lot of people that collectively helped me get to where I was at. It was, you know, a great, great, uh, experience and a great you know time in my life for sure you know i had uh my wife and my two kids and and, and uh her family you know just a lot of fun to be on the tour i played pretty well at the travelers which was the nearest tournament to our house you know i almost i was leading that tournament i think after the first round and i finished six that was a great deal of fun and then almost you know win a tournament was you know a great experience uh, i wish i would have won the tournament but it is what it is, and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of fun for us to finally get to the PGA Tour and, and play golf with all the great players and, you know, all the great golf courses and, and the great job that the PGA Tour staff does. I mean, I don't think people realize, you know, what a great job they do. Jay Monahan and his group, uh, they do an unbelievable job to bring the game to a whole new level and make it uh, such a great sport. And uh, my hat goes off to them. They do an unbelievable job for sure. And I pe- think, you know, a lot of people don't realize, you know, the game of golf really is not that big of a game back, you know, say 30 years ago to where it's at now. It's pretty amazing. It is. Let's let's talk about the John Deere Classic. How you, you were in a playoff, uh, Jay Williamson uh, famously pulls a camper. I don't know if he still does, Brad. You would know better, but he used to yeah. at one time. He used yeah. to pull a camper and park in the parking lot and, yep. and play. And uh, Kenny Perry and yourself, yep. uh, Kenny wins on the first playoff hole. How, how did you look at it then, Brad? Did you look like, I mean, obviously you're disappointed, but you're like, I assume when you're on tour and playing well like that, you're like, there's going to be another opportunity. And yeah. how do you look at it now? Is it like, what if, or is it a very much appreciative that you had that opportunity? Or both. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely appreciative. You know, at the time, I was definitely feeling pretty good. I was playing well. And uh, when I got up on that first tee, I felt like I was going to win the tournament. I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I kind of made a bad decision about the win. And I hit it in the rough behind a tree. And uh, I hit it. I ended up trying to hit a miraculous shot. I almost did, but I didn't. But, uh, you know, Kenny Perry's a great champion. And, uh, no, uh, that was just a great experience for me. I actually had a putt on the last hole to win, and that kind of startled me a little bit because that whole year I would get up near the leaderboard and I kind of didn't perform well. You know, performance anxiety or maybe, you know, being broke your whole life, you're thinking about, oh, my God, if I, uh, you know, if I can just play well till the end, I'm going to have some cash, you know. 
whatever it was. So my caddy and I, uh, we decided, you know what? I'm not going to look at the leaderboard anymore. I'm just going to try to do the best I can. So that particular tournament, I didn't really look at the leaderboard, but I kind of knew where I was standing, you know, because we had, uh, and at one time I saw I was leading after like the ninth hole. So, and I knew it was a really windy, tough day. And uh, so I was playing pretty good. Uh, you know, I thought I would, you know, on the last hole, I saw one of the, the announcers, uh, uh, you know, he was telling me that he was trying to coach me along kind of, right? And, uh, and and I knew I was in a good position, and I, I didn't really know that I was tied for the lead. So I said to my caddy, I'm like, what is this, the tie? He's like, no, this is the win. <laughs> and I was You're like, like oh. oh, no. Well, not oh, no, you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, but but I was like, wow, I was like a little startled, you know? Yeah. Uh, I really shouldn't have asked him to be honest with you because the strategy of me just trying to do the best I could with the individual shot takes the pressure away from, you know, what's going on. So I think if I would have just maybe not asked him, I think I probably would have hit a better putt, but I missed the putt and it was a tough putt, you know, broke about a foot It was about 20 feet, whatever it was. But uh, yeah, so it was just a great experience. And then I get in the tournament, I didn't really hit a good shot and I basically gave it to him. So then Jay, he hit in the water, but, uh, but you know, uh, that was just tremendous experience. You know, I definitely could have won that tournament, you know, probably if, you know, on one of the holes, a par, par four, you know, it was like a very heavy 20 mile per hour win. It was into the win. I'm, uh, I think like 13. So 14 was downwind. I'm like, wow, this is going to be perfect. I had drive around the green. Cause it's like about two ninety to cover this bunker. Mm-hmm. And they put the tee up like two teeth. So now I had to hit like either a three wood or a two iron. And I was just roasting this two iron all week. And it was uh, about 300 yards. But if I hit it like about 245, covered the hill, would have hit the down slope. So I tried to hit a two iron and I hit it in the bunker. About yeah. 50 yards from the green, I made bogey Yeah. on a 300-yard par four. You yeah. know, so that was the killer. Yeah. Uh, that was during the last round of the John Deere. So if I par that hole, I probably would have won the tournament. Who knows what would have happened. But right. that, that was kind of an unbelievable thing. But when you look back, I played in a tournament there like – last last two years ago and on i played the back tee and i hit it on the green like 10 feet away and you're I'm like, like son wish, of a bitch what the yeah exactly right <laughs> why couldn't bitch. this happen what i would give for this shot 15 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it's just crazy like when you look at the pga tour too there's like so many tournaments that have won guys hit unbelievable shots birdies eagles hole outs Right. And then there's so many tournaments where guys totally choke and they bogey yeah. the last hole and win. It's just yeah. crazy. You just don't know. So that's part of the mystery of the game. You just don't know in this game. It's a crazy game. And that's kind of why I like it a lot. So I'm just looking, you know, as a 50 year old, I'm now a rookie. You're younger. I can have some good opportunities on the senior tour and maybe win a tournament or two. You know, that's that's kind of the goal. That's what I play for. And, you know, and hopefully make some money along the way. <laughs> Yes. Do you look at guys like Scott Perrell and uh, you know Dick Barron or uh, Doug Barron and those kind of guys as kind of not like just like hey I know I'm as good as those guys. They've had a career like mine, uh, yeah. And now I'm 50 and I can I can do what they've done. Yeah, for sure. I have a lot of respect for the guys. You know, like all the guys that play on the tour. Like, you know, yeah, sure. I think I could probably play with all these guys. Um, for sure. I think that I think I can play with a lot of better players too, but I have a lot of respect for them to be able to, you know, basically claw their way out of uh, 
you know, not even being uh, a golfer really like Doug, I mean, uh, Scott Perel, uh, yeah. you know, he was playing, you know, the corn Ferry tour and then he got on the, you know, the champion store and he's, I don't know how many tournaments he's won. He's won like five tournaments, I think, but he's had a really good run. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, he works hard at his game and he's pretty disciplined and hopefully I can do some of the things he's, di- he's done for sure. So, but definitely I, I look at that as inspiration because, some of the guys that are out there, I, I've, you know, I've beaten before. Uh, so, you know, if I have some good weeks, maybe that could be me. Who knows? But I don't really know what's in the cards. But it sure is fun trying to be able to compete still as a 50-year-old and, and All right. uh, give it a run, you know? so Brad, let's get out on a, a couple quick questions. You've sure. played more mini tours than I can only imagine. How many times have you not been paid? Either the check bounced or payment didn't happen. Yeah. I got to quite honestly say, I think it's only been one time. Okay. But it was a quite large sum of money, like 20 grand. Yeah. And it was actually a golf company. It wasn't a, a mini oh. tour. So I'm not going to name the company. Yeah. But they owed me money for, you know, I was playing their equipment. Yeah. But I also made a lot of money off them. So I kind of, <laughs> I didn't really. Uh, it's hard to say, hey, you owe me. 20 more yeah i mean if i was a little more persistent about it i probably would have got the money but i uh you know i i should have been a little more proactive but i actually was pretty lucky i was talking to some guys about this has been since i've been a pro uh i can think of six different or maybe even seven different uh tours that have folded from guys that actually just stole people's money they basically stole like 100 guys money yeah one of them was the pro tour hawaii oh yeah a couple of my friends were in it they paid seventeen thousand five (laughs) hundred bucks and i think there were 100 guys that paid that and the guy paid the first event and then uh I think he skipped town after the third event and, and once guys didn't get their money. And I, I know some guys are pretty angry about that because yeah. 17500 for a guy that's playing on the mini tour is like basically like – That's right, a lifetime. A lot of money. A lot of yeah, money. That's a so, I mean, for anybody, obviously. So All right. I, I know like one of my uh, friends won two tournaments on a Maverick tour. Oh, yeah. He lost like forty grand. He yeah. never – he was a little like nonchalant about getting the check, you know. And if you would have got the check and threw it in the bank right away, he would have had the money, yeah. you know. And uh, but you don't think that these things are going to happen. But unfortunately, yeah. uh, I think a lot of these guys have good intentions. They're dreamers that try to make things happen that have yeah. failed these tours. And, and at some point in time, they just get in over their head and they had to run with the money. And they had yeah. made a bad decision, obviously, at Thieves, but. I, I think they may have had good intention. I don't think they were outright thinking I'm going to go steal the money from these guys. But yeah, I think most of them are. Some I question, but yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah, uh, all, yeah. I mean, I can't think of any recent scams. Can you? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Big money. Cla- I mean, there's. Oh there's yeah, a, yeah. That's there's right. A long, there's a long list. Oh yeah, I know. Swing thought yeah. tour hasn't paid guys. Yeah, yeah. Multiple. I think this one. Yeah, I think I didn't get paid one tournament, maybe, but it was so long ago. Maybe like yeah. a couple thousand, but. All right, That's most nothing. obscure, most obscure mini tour or event you've played in. I mean, you've played the Jamaican Open. You've played every. I can't think of a more traveled player. So the well, most obscure 
tournament that you remember playing in? I right? played in the Azores Open. That was important. The Azores in Portugal. That was pretty good. <laughs> and uh, my dad had a golf publication at the time, and he ran. You know, he had, did some business with the travel. You know, the tourism there. Yeah. So we ended up going to the Azores on a trip. Yeah. And then the guys over there were real passionate about golf. We're gonna have a tournament. So they ended up starting a tournament there, and we went to the Azores. I played one time. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> what was the Azores tour? I mean, what is it? It's just no. The Azores tour. Open was the islands off the coast of Portugal, first part oh of Europe. God. So kind of like in the middle of the Atlantic, near uh, not near Bermuda, but like. Was there an the entry of, fee? Uh yeah, we had to pay like three hundred bucks, and I think. Did you win? No, I didn't win. I think I made like six hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I got to bring one of my one of my friends got in the turn. We had a lot of fun, <laughs> and oh, then one, a couple other guys uh, did pretty well. There were a lot of guys from Europe playing. Really, so guys from Europe because uh, with the Azores, I think at the time, right, there were only like three airports that flew into North America. I think it was yeah. like Montreal, Boston, and maybe New York. Okay, right, and then and then you had so you had very limited guys from those areas, and then you had some guys from uh, Europe. But now I think it's changed a little. I think they have more, you know, they fly into more airports. So it's a beautiful place, you know, mountainous, kind of like Hawaii, but not quite the nicest weather. Or how it's many, nice weather, but a little cooler. How many mini tour wins do you have, Brad? Do you know? Uh, no, I really don't. I would say probably, I don't know, probably about 50 or 40, something like okay. that. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Cause like I know on that minor league tour, I had quite a lot. Yeah. And then there was a, I won quite a few. I, I just a lot of one day tournaments. I mean, so. it just keeps you going, right, Brad? I mean, that's it. Just like hey, yeah, yeah. The well, the thing time. is, I, I I try. You know, I'm trying to get to the tour. So yeah, the PGA tour has always been my ultimate goal. So along yeah. the way, even though you you win a tournament like that, you, you're just trying to get. You know, I, I don't really try to process it that much. Even though it's you just should. a means to an end. It's just a bigger check to to get to the ultimate goal basically yeah yeah but the thing is you should celebrate your successes it makes you a better player and make gives you more confidence which can you know in turn help you out as a golfer so yeah i probably should have done that a little more <laughs> all right <laughs> brad i it's been confirmed that people ask me one of the most the questions i get the most is who has played in the most monday qualifiers you've been my you've been my answer for a long time do you know of anybody who has played more than you so i can either accurately say that Probably it is not. someone else no i don't know anybody to be honest with you i, I can't that, think man. of anybody that's been there as long as, i mean i'm not just saying that but uh well thing is most of the guys you know some like you say frank lickletter the guy was on a tour for like yeah years right. i mean he, he played need... quite a few yeah. recently but yeah. uh you know now I, he he's not playing as much now but uh yeah he's definitely a great golfer for sure yeah, uh, but I don't think not him for sure. Yeah, but he had I, his card I, for too long. Yeah, I don't think so. There's not anybody as dumb as you know <laughs> me <laughs> to do that. I love you know it. I mean? Or as crazy is. and passionate about the game, you know. Oh. And, you know, so all right. Uh, Nick Hardy uh, won two weeks after uh, he was. He had missed five cuts in a row. Yeah. Uh, then he then he uh, came on the Monday queue uh, any given Monday, and uh, oh, yeah. he won two weeks later, and now he's like. 52nd and FedEx Cup. Yeah, so you might as well go to Warwick Hills. I've played that course a ton. It's a great course. Yeah, that'd be Relatively nice. easy. Shoot a billion under, win, and uh, that's it. We can it's celebrate. as easy as that, dude. <laughs> all you got to do is Monday and then play three 54 great holes. That's it. That's all there is yeah, to that's it. it. That's all there is to it. 
Hey, All right. How are we there. getting? How you're in Florida? Yeah. Uh, flight to Detroit? Is that? Yeah. Is that yep. no, direct okay. flight? I got a good. I mean, I had some brutal flights this year. Holy moly! <laughs> I mean, five hour layovers. I mean, it's just been brutal. You know, just, just to save of, some money, right, Brad? I mean, that's yeah. I cool. mean, you know, save a few bucks, but it's pretty stupid at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> you waste time. So, but I've had to do what I have to do to get by. You know what I mean? So. Amen. Amen. Brad, one of my favorite people in golf. Uh, love it. Go up there and win. Play in Monday and win. I appreciate the time. Thanks yep. so much. Thank you so much. You do a great job, and uh, I'm glad we finally got to do this. Uh, reason why I kind of avoid you is I just try not to I, – I, I'm kind of superstitious. You know, I try to, you know, not think about what I'm doing because sometimes, you know, when you think about it, it doesn't really make that much sense. But Oh, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, yeah. I worked at this bread for four years to, and didn't yeah. make a dime from this. I was bartending. <laughs> I have a college degree. Where I was like, what the hell am I doing? But it all works out, dude. It'll work out. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Thanks so much, Brad. I appreciate the time, man. Thank you, too. You write some great stories and do. Thank I you. Mean, I really love it. So, best wishes. Thanks so much.